Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Ray. I'm here with my other two weekly hosts. Uh, I believe Derek uses the term lovely. Sometimes. We're lovely hosts. He uses better words a lot. Yes. Yes, he does. Ryan. I'll take lovely. Hi. Hi. And Derek. Yo. We have a special guest with us tonight, too. Hi, Are you going to introduce him? <laughs> I am so totally <laughs> stoked to, to talk about the totally awesome 80s movies. Yes. That, so that's our topic. We're talking about the, the best 80s films. Now, there wasn't too much... Of a restriction put on us, just basically, you know, we could be as objective or subjective as we wanted to. These could be Oscar winners, these could be, you know, fan favorites, or they could just be movies that had a huge effect on pop culture, which I feel like I at least have a few of each on my list. So, you know, I, I expect some good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we dive into everything, uh, Eric, you want to tell a little bit about yourself, what you do? What, what I do is well, incredibly boring. I, <laughs> I think all of us, probably. Okay, so tell, tell us how we know you. Huh? you. You know me because I am Dalek Dad. You I are. am the da- Red Dalek's father. I helped build the Red Dalek. And uh, then you guys kind of got me into cosplay groups, and mm-hmm. that got me into more cosplay groups, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many cosplay groups we're in now. Right. But, uh, <laughs> also, I volunteered for this particular podcast you because did. I'm old enough to have actually gone to the movie theaters and <laughs> seen these movies. Hey, at least one of us at the table is also, so... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, I think that's, yeah. you know... <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Derek. <laughs> Just to give you some perspective, the kids that are in Stranger Things, I'm wearing the tube socks right now as we speak. Nice. Are He's owned them since 1984. They, <laughs> my dad wore them way into the 90s. So <laughs> Those kids would be about my age right now. True. So are you Will? Or which kid are you? Um, let's see. Whichever one was probably the nerdiest, skinniest one out of the trip. <laughs> I feel like that was Will. Yeah. Is that the super scary one? The one that's like always in the uh, Upside Down or whatever? Yeah. Is that Will? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I was rough. When I graduated from high school, I was 135 pounds in the same height I am now. Wow. Yeah. 28 inch waist. I haven't been that thin since I was like 10. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess before we get to the meat of tonight's topic, anybody start with the potatoes? Yeah, let's start with the potatoes. Anyone got some news? 
Well, we got our first Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer today. Yes, we did. Since we recorded this on Tuesdays. How did you like it? Um, I loved a lot of it. There were a couple of things I thought were probably a little too gimmicky that I'm worried about, but, uh, like the shrinking building and the giant Pez dispenser. I don't. They were like, that Thomas the Tank Engine thing, that was great. Let's do that again, only with Hello Kitty. It actually was great in the first movie. Some of my favorite things things from the first movie were the shrinking and, like, using the powers interestingly, because that's, a shrinking character can be a little boring but you start giving him all these other powers and uh and that makes it more interesting and i think that it's cool that they're leaning a little bit on the you know shrinking and growing although i wonder that handle on the building did he build that in like was that wheels too yeah and wheels was that built into the building um but it felt like very much like a generic marvel movie trailer for me unfortunately the trailer didn't get me that excited no me neither i I'm glad they are addressing the Civil War thing, because there's no reason why he should still be at the raft. Like, he an, an should still be in jail. An interesting factoid, though, is the time fer- period that this takes place in, because obviously this movie releases after Infinity War, mm-hmm. but everything's good in the movie, so I'm guessing it takes place in between Civil War Not and everybody Infinity dies. War. Yeah, this is actually, like, from the Purgatory. It's all shot in Marvel Purgatory. No, so I'm, I think that the time frame is interesting. Obviously, Derek has a problem with the time frame from Spider-Man Homecoming, so I feel like that kind of threw a wrench into things, and now they're just like, Look, let's do whatever we want with the timeline. I'm not going to go out of my way to research timelines for that type of stuff. I'll do that for Star Trek, but I don't do that for anything else. So if you're going <laughs> to straight up tell me when something took place inside the movie, not a comic book or an interview, in the movie, then I get to do the math and find out if you're you being accurate. Pick. Yeah. So don't give me a number if it's going to be inconsistent. You gave me the number, you know. <laughs> don't break your own rules. Exactly. It didn't affect the movie at all. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's a cinematic universe that folds in on itself sometimes. Is that what happened? The I whole mean, It doesn't exist anymore because they put eight years later? No, I said sometimes. See, and it just sits fine other times. Oh, okay. So it's just, it's inconsistent. Maybe, Time maybe travel. they shrunk into the microverse. That's right. And they'll be, they'll They're going to be, be there the in the quantum realm. Yeah, they'll be the micronauts running around. And... <laughs> I'm good with this. Shazam oh, started filming. With Shazam Sweet. did. Pre-production yeah. ended and they're officially filming, which means... And they started with a scene from the third act. That's you can tell by the picture that got posted. Yeah. And so that means that we're probably going to get a costume reveal any day now. That'd be nice. It does mean we have now seen as much of Shazam as we have Han Solo. Yeah. So, and that movie comes out soon. We've actually seen... Oh, no. Did, did they show the little clapper thing for Han Solo? They did. They did. Okay. Because that's, oh, yeah, that's where they, they saw the, the fake title. For oh, the movie yeah, was, yeah. Uh, re, was it Red Cup? Sure. Solo like Cup. Because of oh, Red Solo Cup. Oh, God. That's awful. Yeah. That's so The director did say that he doesn't want... Uh, this was months ago that he said he wanted the costume to be revealed officially and not through a photo I of a set, that. which we recently saw with Captain Marvel, and a lot of people don't or have mixed feelings about <laughs> the costume, probably partially due to the fact that they're just photos of the set and not mm-hmm. officially released photos. So I, I did like in the Captain Marvel costume, mm-hmm. she wasn't wearing pumps. Yeah, she wasn't wearing pumps. Yeah, heels. no heels. No, yeah, it, <laughs> she was, had, it was great. She had lifted yeah. heels sure. in that, but it made sense they were still... Flat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The costume didn't bother me. That was another yeah. bit of news, I suppose, is Captain Marvel costume reveal. It's so hard to keep anything a secret anymore, and I kind of don't like that. I miss being surprised when I go to the movies, 
And that just or when you happen. see the first poster. Yeah. 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 That's or, good. Or you go to a movie and you see a trailer for a movie you didn't really know was coming. Do you guys remember what that felt well, like? <laughs> that still happens to me occasionally. Yeah. Once yeah. in a while. Yeah. I had no idea that Alpha movie was coming out, and I'm like, the movie about the first doggy? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, totally gonna see that and weep like a little bitch. Like, I'm, that's I'm gonna that, be awesome. I meant more of, like, big blockbuster. Like, I oh, remember... Oh, yeah, that's never happened. Right? Like, I remember being in the theater and seeing a, the first preview for Star Trek First Contact, and the enter- it opens up with the Enterprise-E just, like, flying in the space. You're like, what the... And it's just, you know, brand new Star Trek movie. Now, we're talking about what would be in four if four gets greenlit and 14 or whatever number you want to give it you know so (laughs) Mel Gibson's trying to come back one more time with the Passion of the Christ sequel really? that's that's not a joke Christ 2 Electric Boogaloo (laughs) (laughs) Easter Boogaloo (laughs) I'm sorry that that is for the new Superman show Smallville 2 Kryptonian Boogaloo gotcha so yeah but yeah Jim that is a real thing by the way Yeah, well, I mean, he's so busy, so... Yeah. I I thought he was murdered in the last one, you know, just gonna... Um, Christ? <laughs> Have you read the Bible? Yeah, come on, back. <laughs> it's a movie that begs for a there, sequel. There's a whole holiday about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you saw his origin story, and then, then he comes back with all the powers, you know? And he starts handing out chocolate bunnies. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's, that's how it goes. goes. Mm-hmm. I love this. You gotta walk on water, change water to wine. They did announce, yeah, the Superman version of Gotham, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at least Superman, like, if it's called Metropolis and Clark is in Metropolis, he's gotta be, like, not eight years old. So, there's yeah, that. That's true. But, I, I mean, the yeah. Gotham... They did I mean, age they're him not, a bit. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, 12 or 14 or 15 or somewhere in there. He's, he's like, a teenager at this point. Yeah, so. he's just, like, a decade away from being Batman. <laughs> I think he's going to be Batman. He's already got a cowl and a suit, so... Oh, cute. Yeah. So, was Batman the first Robin? Uh, he does look like Red Robin. He doesn't have the ears or anything. It's just, like, a, like a weirdly Can smooth cowl. Can I just cowl. have, like, a Justice League by... Children? You know, yeah, like, Robin babies. Uh, Justice, Justice babies? I love it! Yes! I That's, love it. Can I just have that already? <laughs> sure. I think that would be wonderful. I think I'm going to go ahead and green light that. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Muppet Babies are returning in March. Yes. So they wrote out Skeeter and they have a new penguin who's going to replace Skeeter. I'm really glad that there's only two females and they got rid of one of them. Is the, like, is, is the penguin, huh. do we know the... I don't know. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, okay. We don't want to assume the, the trailer. And then we, would, we would know it was a hen. Yeah. Because that would be Gonzo's. That's true. Yeah. But... So will Gonzo have a thing for the penguin since it's also a bird? Oh my god. I don't know. He seems to have a thing Don't start drama parents. before the show even starts, Terry. <laughs> they are babies. I'm sorry. You're right. It's Muppet Babies. In like a hyper-realistic CGI. It's weird. We need to move on All and right. talk about the 80s. Bye. <laughs> when the Muppets were good. Aww. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> they're not bad now. The new TV show is pretty bad. Well, that's because I tried to make The Office again. And I'm sorry, you can't recreate Steve Carell's magic. It. Not with Kermit, no. <laughs> All right. Carell's magic was a copy of somebody else. It was. It's true. But it lasted more than one season. So why, why the hell couldn't Kermit do it? Come on. I, I don't know. Than Steve because uh, Jim Henson's <laughs> dead. <laughs> that might have something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. When Jim Henson died, the Muppets kind of. The soul left yeah. with him. Yeah. That's fair. 
Um, all right, so yeah, we are talking about the best movies from the 80s. We did have some ground rules, like Ray pointed out. So we're leaving off, like, Star Wars is not part of the conversation because we talk about it all the time. Along with some other movies that we talk about all the time. Yeah, Terminator. We are not discounting how important they are. Every single one of these films is just absolutely incredible, and that's why we still talk about them. That's why we have at least one episode a season dedicated to them. They are huge. They are important. But this is our chance to get to talk about films that we don't usually get to. Mm -hmm. So we're going to briefly just touch on them. Terminator, Aliens... Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, like they're all amazing. Indiana Jones, they're all amazing, and we adore them. And we're probably going to bring up some of them that we talk about a lot because you yeah, I didn't think Back to the Future was on the list, so I do have it written on my thing. It's all mine too. Okay, there you go. That's important. It's an important film. So let's do it. Let's talk about Back to the Future first, since it's on. How many people's list? It was on my backup list. All right. It's on our list. I didn't have a backup list. I just had had a really long list. (laughs) I didn't have a backup list. It's like 18. I'm just like, how am I going to (laughs) decide? All right. So Back to the Future. 1985. Directed by Zemeckis. Which the movie reminds you of when it takes place many times. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Time travel movie is kind of important. It is. Uh, No, but it's a classic, right? You've got um, Michael J. Fox. You've got Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Crispin Glover is in the first one, <laughs> and hey, uh, well, he's kind his, of in the second one. His face is in the second. His face is in the second one, and he's in. I think he's in the third one as well. This face, his face, yeah. not not actually him. Yeah, just the prosthetics to look like him. Yeah. So have we talked about that controversy before? Yes, I don't, we have. Have we talked yeah, about we Eric Stoltz's controversy? I'm not talking about the controversy. controversy. Well, he was fired because he was boring. He was the original Marty McFly. Yes. For those who don't know, who find it hard to picture anybody else, um, as as I do. Well, and they've actually released the foot, some of the footage of it, and it's weird. It's so weird. And if you can't think of who Eric Stoltz is, he was nobody can uh, mask. Mask was the big one. Yeah. Uh, Yes, mask was his big one. Who was he? He was the villain, right? Something wonderful. Wait, was he the bad guy? Yeah, no, 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 he guys. was the kid Not with the... the mask. Oh. Mask with the chair, with <laughs> the, the G4. Oh, good yeah. lord. He was the kid with the huge prosthetics. Yes. I thought you were face. talking, you know, smoking. No. no. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, it, is it some kind of wonderful or some... Something wonderful. Eighties, exactly. So this would have been his big break. (laughs) Well, it was an eighties movie by good old John Hughes. Yes, that he was in. I don't know if I've got him on the list because I don't. Some kind of wonderful. That's the one. Okay, Okay. it was actually a a big success in the the box office. Uh, I don't know that one. Also had um, our Back to the Future mom. Yeah, Leah uh, Thompson. Leah Thompson was his co-star in that. That's cool as well. Okay. Fun fact about Back to the Future, the time machine was originally a fridge in the early drafts of the script. That's cool. How'd they get that to 88? I don't think it had to go 88 <laughs> at that time. But a fridge did come back later in cinema as an important uh, important piece of... Because of Indiana Jones? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, he also had the... the, not, uh, the Doritos commercial that used the refrigerator box as a time. That's true. Oh, yeah. Kind of. There you go. (laughs) But instead, we got the DeLorean. Which is an iconic, obviously. You can't, yeah, you can't think of anything about the DeLorean other than drugs and 
time machine. So it's true. It's true. It's in Ready Player One, which comes out in March. You'll be able to see. It's it. not just a DeLorean. It's the Back to the it Future is. DeLorean. Yeah. Ready Player One. You're right, but I think it has a Ghostbuster symbol. It on does. It. Yes, yeah. and it has. Uh, I think it has some, some. There's something else about it too that is interesting about it. This from a different movie, but yeah, it's it's like kind of a mishmash. So let's get down to it. Why do you guys love Back to the Future? Um, the dialogue is wonderful. The characters are great. The story is just really interesting. Like time travel can become really convoluted and either, or just be completely useless in the movie where back to the future just, it handles it really well. It's, it goes back and forth between a couple of different time periods. Characters have to play different versions of themselves. Michael uh, Marty has to make out with his mom, which is just a really awkward scene, which is hilarious. It's a hilarious scene. I feel like if you were Marty and you had to make out with your mom, you wouldn't feel that way. But I don't have to be Marty, do I? <laughs> That's what movies are for. <laughs> to watch people make out with their moms. That's exactly in what the past. For. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. No, I pretty much agree on all fronts. I think that uh, for me, I think it was it might have been my introduction to time travel. I hadn't really like watched a lot of time travel movies before that one. Um, and I was young in the 80s, so uh, that was, I think, the first movie I ever really saw that presented it. And it, it presented it in a really good, coherent way that I could understand as a young person, you know. And, and the comedy in it allowed yes. you to not take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, there was a lot of paradoxes that would be created oh, yeah. in, in the situation. But they explained it in a way that's easy to understand and, and made light of it. And, and, you know, I mean, if, if Marty went back and, and then came back to 1985 and everything had changed, then the situation where he would have gone to Doc Brown with the time machine and all that likely would have changed if he was in a say, sure. better economic I mean, obvious... things like this. But <laughs> you don't worry about those things until years later and then you go, Oh yeah, <laughs> but even then, I'll still the watch the movie so it, much. Yeah, it doesn't bother it's, me. It's so fun, and of course, you had Michael J. Fox in there that was a big TV star, star in at that time, and then Christopher Lloyd, who was also a big TV star, mm-hmm. uh, and he was time. great. The physical comedy from Doc was—I yes. mean, it just his overreactions to everything and his big science words that don't actually mean anything. I mean, <laughs> the '80s solidified great. for me that Christopher Lloyd is a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> like, between Taxi and oh, Blue yeah. and wow. Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he's an insane person. That's true. I will say, I think my personal favorite Doc moment, though, is from the second movie, where he peels off his face and he's supposed to look a lot younger and he looks exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> I just, uh, it makes me laugh every time. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and, and of course, in the second movie, you've got a lot better music involved with the, the story with the, the Huey Lewis yeah. uh, songs that went along with, with that. And Derek course, and Rachel they, aren't the biggest fans of the second Back to the Future movie. Well, I, I don't understand understand why you have to go to the future to change it. Why can't you change the future in the past Ignore like that. you did in the first one? Well, no, wait. They do. Cha- they change the past of the future. It's just the future of the present. Oh, God. <laughs> it all makes sense, right? Come on, Ray. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I understand there's paradoxes. <laughs> there was one, plenty of those in the first movie. Just enjoy the movie for what it is. <laughs> exactly. My God. But, and the fact that they, they did... A lot of fairly accurate predictions of that's the true. future Weirdly. in that movie. Uh, missed the Cubs winning the, the World Series by one, one year. year. Yeah, I still want my hoverboard. 
Yes, they, we're got all them. sad about that. The ones that catch on fire? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Too right. much. Back Too to much. The right. Okay, so let's talk. Well, I, I already mentioned it, so let's talk who framed Roger Rabbit. Sticking with Christopher Lloyd. So that one's is on that my 80s? list. It, it is. is. Yes, wow. it is. For some reason, I was thinking the 90s, but I mean, it feels what? more like a 90s movie than it does an 80s movie to me. You know, actually, when making this list, that's an interesting point. I th- actually feel like the 80s is more of a genre than an era in movies because there's a lot of movies from like maybe 78, 79, and even in like the early 90s that still feel like 80s movies. And, you know, there's mo- movies from the 80s, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that feels more like a 90s movie. You can say that about a lot of things because, yeah. you know, fashion transcends the, the border. There's not a clear cutoff. Yeah. Well, I mean, the clear cutoff, obviously, because nobody agrees with me. In, in, is, is, <laughs> in 1980 to 1989. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but. I think that's a reasonable cutoff for the 80s. There were movies that I was like, man, that's not an 80s movie. It feels so much like an 80s movie. And I mean, I guess, I guess arguments could be made for mo- movies that released in like 1990 because they were made in 89. Yeah. Right? So they were made in the 80s. So Who Framed so Roger Rabbit was on, on my list. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was on my list. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Um, I watched this movie at a very young age because I was born in 87. Yeah, it's half cartoon. So, of course you're going to watch it at a young age. But it I is think. a creepy freaking movie. Yeah, the scene with the steamroller horrified my brothers for Oh yeah, their entire childhood, basically. Yeah, when Chris, yeah. when Christopher Lloyd, yeah. you know, starts tuning out, you know, and his eyes and everything, yeah. that is a creepy freaking scene. Well, He's murdering cartoon characters, yeah, the and acid, like. <laughs> so sad. I watched a lot of creepy movies when I was really young. It turns out, Brave Little Toaster, yeah, exactly. And there's a there's one. a little some more adult themes there are, yeah. in Who Framed Roger Rabbit too. That's true. I was in my 20s before well, I found Rabbit, out that like... guys were like pausing it to see if there was animated cooch when she like hit the <laughs> hit the ground out of the car and I didn't know that was a thing. I had to have guys tell me, oh yeah, I tried that. And I was like, you had to wait for the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. no, 4K. 4K. <laughs> and it was fairly common for Disney movies in the 70s and 80s to throw in porno scenes basically yeah uh because oh. they, they never dreamed about it being recorded and people watching it at home and being able to slow it down or anything like that so. they were pretty much bankrupt at that time like they were just trying to <laughs> get something so it was a know. cool premise though you know because the the mixture of, of animation live action of course had already happened several times right but yeah i mean they did it earlier with uh mary poppins so Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Dragon in the Yeah. Bed knobs and broomsticks. So this wasn't the, you know, groundbreaking from that standpoint, but it was a totally different kind of movie. It was a very adult-themed movie. It was heavy themes, kind of a lot of violence. And that's why it was under the Touchstone label. Mm-hmm. The separate Touchstone label. There you because go. it was not Disney-type mm. movie, so. It is, it, is one of, it is my, probably my favorite Bob Hoskins role. Oh, it's a good one. More than Mario? Definitely more than Mario, Mario. What about Hook? I mean, Smee is great. He is a great Smee. But it's yeah. a small role, right? Like, he's not the lead. You know, it's a side character. You know, he's great in it. I wouldn't want anybody else, but, you know. That's that's totally fair. All right. What's up next? So who, who did you... I guess we all kind of did Back to the Future. Then, So, Eric, do you want to... Well, one of the, the big themes throughout most of the 80s, the big movies of the 80s, were comedies and action flicks. Those yes. were the, the oh, yeah. number one. Action stars were like 
money in the bank. You, yeah, you have iconic characters like Rocky that. Yeah, yeah he's not, not so iconic. But Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to skip over Rocky because the first one came out in the 70s, but. <laughs> now we're only yeah. talking Rocky. <laughs> but Axel Foley. Uh, Conan. Uh, any of the Arnold's characters. Yeah, well, Arnold's characters really didn't come out iconic, but the movies did. Okay. Mostly because. Yeah, of, that's true, I guess. You know, the Terminator. The Terminator, did, yeah. But. But Conan was eighties. I feel yeah, like this 80s. 70s. It, was, it was like eighty two. I think. Really? Yeah, it was early. 80s. It feels older. And a copycat Beastmaster. Now, now yeah. you guys, how dare you? Kodo and Dodo, or whatever the first names are. Kodo and Kodo, okay. and Mark Singer is the man. <laughs> that movie is great. Rip Torn is in that apparently movie. Apparently, we're breaking up. After All right. This. Apparently, I used to. So I actually I've back in the day, I think he was making thing. a point about a movie. I'm sorry, we're talking Beastmaster. We're not well, talking when, Beastmaster. When Please don't tune out. When you when you said you were going, going to do a review of '80s movies, there were two movies that popped in my head. Yes. One of them, I, you know, so I started doing research on those two in particular, and then that, of course, drug me down the rabbit hole of all the other ones I'd forgotten about and all this sort of thing. But one movie in the '80s is ranked number one of all time in its genre, and there's only one movie. That, that that hits that mark, and that's Die Hard. That's on my list. Die Hard <laughs> is the number one action movie of all time. And I didn't know that. Yeah, yes. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it is a great <laughs> it is a great action movie for sure. Well, it, it, it's like I said, it, it's on many of the lists that you'll find yeah. on the internet as the number one. Oh, I'm sure action, for a lot of people, it's action their number film one. of all time. Not necessarily my greatest right. action film, but it was the first one when when you said like iconic eighties movies. It's the Absolutely. first one that popped into my head on there. It was, it was yeah. You get it, you had your comedy, which was you big set up in the 80s. seven different sequels or whatever. <laughs> I mean, something like that. Yeah, it turns into a superhero in the video sixth games, comic <laughs> yeah. books, and and all these sort of things. And and of course, everybody says it's a Christmas movie. But it's not a themed. No, it's not a Christmas themed movie. It's not a Christmas movie. It's got a lot of Christmas elements to it. it takes place around Christmas. They say Christmas Eve, but they never say it in the in the movie. Yeah, on there it is. There is a Christmas party. There are plenty of Christmas items around, but nobody says. And that's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> in 2017, it was voted the country's most popular Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. that seems a little sad. I don't know how it beats all the way. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's that's a bit of everybody's, and I mean everybody's. I'm not singling out males and females. I mean everybody's machismo just hitting like top level. There, we're all just. Christmas, we we hate it. Let's go kill some German terrorists. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it also Hans has, Gruber, right? It has one of the most iconic villains in in movies Absolutely. as Hans Gruber, his very first major motion picture, at which the is age so of 40. crazy. Yeah, at the age of forty, Alan Rickman was successful. And if you ever watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a popular show now, one of the characters is basically in love with uh, with Die Hard. And they even do a Die Hard esque episode. Yeah, it's it constantly referencing it. And it's, yeah, it's great. It's a, it is an iconic pop culture pop culture movie. Like has defined a lot of things, including a lot of action movies and a lot of bad sequels. Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you feel about the Seven Hundred sequel? <laughs> but the third one's not terrible because Samuel L. Jackson is in it. It's not awful. But the re- they're all pretty bad. The one where he throws a cop car into a helicopter, it's like, what? 
What just happened? When did he become a superhero? He goes to Chernobyl in the last one <laughs> yeah, and swims in radioactive water. I think it's a prequel to Did he have shoes on, though? <laughs> yeah. Did he have shoes on when he did it? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. That's important. One of the things that a lot of people don't really realize is Die Hard is sort of a sequel. There was a novel written called The Detective. Hmm. It was made into a movie starring Frank Sinatra in the lead role, but his name was Joe Leland, like it was in the book. Interesting. He was offered the role in Die Hard, supposedly, and turned <laughs> it down weird. because he was age 73. Yeah. Can you imagine the 73 year old jumping off of Nagatomi? It would have been like the last Die Hard movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Seriously. I don't have a problem with Bruce's age because he still looks like he can pull all the all this stuff off. It's just the movies are getting more and more ridiculous. It's like the Fast and the Furious franchise. They have to keep ramping it up every yeah. single time, you know. All right, Derek. Something Give us on something. my list. All right, so Give us something. this what, is so hard. What for about me. all your sci-fi? All right, fine. So um, if we're if we're going with sci-fi, then uh, I just I like. Yeah. Come on, Derek. This isn't that hard, buddy. Fine. Please. We're gonna move on to someone else. Tron. Stop Tron. Yeah. That was on my list. Yeah. The original, <laughs> the original Tron mixing CGI with live action was pretty state of the art at the time. I fell yeah. asleep. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what's funny is it's really not that great of a like. If you go back and watch it now, it really isn't that great of a it movie. I don't think it wasn't no. that great back then. I, I didn't see it in 1982. <laughs> I was killing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things I liked about it, but most of it was related to visuals and right. and like the concept. But the actual movie itself... Young Jeff Bridges is very attractive. I think the premise is really interesting. That's though. what I you, said. You the know, premise and, is interesting. But that's what makes it a unique film. Like, we, but that doesn't make it a good film. What makes it a bad film? I mean... It's just the acting is really not that great. Uh, the VFX don't hold up anymore, obviously. Well, but that's different. Like, they were good for the time. And that's that's how, you, when you want to think about the quality of the film, you have to handle the special I mean, we're not, I guess we're not made. saying the movies yeah, that yeah, hold yeah. up today. you got to understand, you had Star Wars. Well, sure, but that... At the same time, and those effects, while different... Didn't come off on on the big screen as well as Star Wars did. That's true, but Star Wars was about practical effects, and Tron was about computer generated effects. You know, they were supposed to look different. Uh, another movie on my list is The Last Starfighter. Its CGI yeah, looks bad, but it was state of the art at the time, right? Yeah. Right, and so at the time it was unbelievable to see that on the big screen. Now, of course, you look at it and it's something that you could throw together in any Adobe Cloud, you know, After <laughs> Effects, right? Like, right. But back then, that was a big achievement. And the premise was really cool, right? Yeah, exactly. You're some you know kid in a little town with an arcade, and you're trained to join, you know, the Starfighters, and you know. And they actually just released a Hulu exclusive uh, show that's pretty much the premise of Last Starfighter, and yeah. references it uh, pretty regularly. It's actually a really good show if you've never seen it. It's called Starman, I think. Future Man. Future Man. Oh, Future Man. I watched it. It's actually really interesting. With it wasn't as bad, nearly as bad yeah. as it was. <laughs> from uh, Hunger Games. Fun fact about Tron. <laughs> Uh, everybody thought it was a shoe-in for the Visual Effects Academy Award. It got snubbed because the Academy said that they thought it was cheating using computers. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a similar thing that they did to the Lego movie. They said that it didn't count as animated because Will Ferrell's in it for 30 seconds. Yep. So, you know, the Academy will do what the Academy Five wants to do. Five minutes of it with the live action at the very end. Ooh. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good fact, though, because I think that's just an example that it's been, the Oscars have kind of been a political game for a long time. It always will be. So. The, the 80s Disney movies, with the exception of one, 
I think we both were had. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Tron was slightly better than most. <laughs> and it holds a place in but, pop culture history for sure, but yes. it's, yeah, I didn't. Going back, I don't, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it hurts. Ryan. Yeah. Okay, so I went with movies, or not all of them, but I went with oh, some well, movies good. that are a little bit more podcast. obscure than the, the ones that you guys are talking about, because okay. that we don't really get to talk about. Um, probably the most obscure one that I put on here was The Last Dragon, uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. It was an 80s martial arts movie about a, uh, a martial arts student, I guess. He's very good. Um that emulates Bruce Lee and wants to be like Bruce Lee. And he's, his whole quest is to find the glow, which is what apparently martial arts masters get. And Bruce Lee has it. And it makes you glow. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the movie, he meets a woman that runs like a TRL kind of show with music videos and like dan- people dancing and stuff TRL like that. TRL is Total Request Live in the early 2000s. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh <laughs> And he saves her from some guys that are trying to blackmail her to uh, put her their music video on her show. And there's a Shogun of Harlem who's this really tall black dude that wears, like, the slotted sunglasses and has, like, football shoulder pads. Show enough? Show enough. Yeah, and that's his name, is Show Enough. And he makes all his, like, guys that are dressed in awesome, cheesy happening? 80s costumes uh, say his name all the time. And his name... Fun fact about this movie is the character's main character's name is actually Bruce Leroy. <laughs> but he's like all about Bruce Lee. He, he carries a medallion that supposedly Bruce Lee owned. And if you haven't seen it, it's a really, really, it's not a great movie. But it is a really great 80s movie. What, what's it called again? Uh, it's called The Last Dragon. Well, Some, they call it sometimes Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Okay. Um, but yes. It's, the, isn't the, there a Bruce Lee movie? The last uh, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Uh, but but yes, it's very much like an homage to Bruce Lee movies. The martial arts are not great, and like there's a lot of things that aren't great. But when it all comes together, it really it's is a lot, of fun. a lot of fun. And the glow, he gets the glow at the end. Spoiler alert! And it looks terrible. Whoa. It literally looks like somebody took like a highlighter and went around his character. And he like does a slow mo moves that make the glow look even worse. Oh, it's it's really great. Yeah, and show enough alone is worth the price worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Check it out if you haven't. (laughs) Sorry, I missed that one. Now in chat, um, hey, that was on my list too. They're ruining it. Fully 006. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah. Real genius. Real genius. One of the best Val Kilmer movies to ever come out, in my opinion. I mean, he he's got some other good ones, but he does. But I don't think any of them. No, it's. I mean, there's maybe a couple that uh, I could put up there, but real genius. Yeah, the real genius was just. Really great it's role happening. for him. I mean, it, it just really worked for him. He got to play this eccentric, uh, you know, kind of prankster in college, and the, the really doesn't care. But he's super genius and uh, gets to design lasers that turn out they're for the U.S. government, uh, and they're going to use them as weapons. And then they use them to blow up a bunch of popcorn in somebody's house, and just that is the best finale. <laughs> yeah. Like... Apparently there are no birds in that town because Apparently there wasn't not. a single one no, anywhere near that one. popcorn. And he can hammer a six-inch spike through a board with his penis. Or can't. It's questioned whether he can or not, but that's an important part of the movie. And then also, I don't fun, fact, that part. fun fact, <laughs> he walks in and he hits on the university dean's 
daughter, and she said she she asked him if he can hammer a six inch spike through a two by four with his penis or something. Because that's apparently her requirement for dating somebody. Small talk. Yeah. Um, fun fact about that movie, all the laser technology and everything was actually designed and real functional pieces produced by a professor at Caltech. Hmm. So, that's really neat. That's cool. That's real, real fact. That. Yeah. So Chap brought up Break-In and Break-In 2 and Electric Boogaloo, the actual movie. With <laughs> I do actually Boogaloo. enjoy anything called Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Just by default. By default. <laughs> I, I grew up in dance classes. Since I was like two or three years old, I've been in dance classes. And those movies have bad plots and bad direction, but it has some of the best dancing in all of cinema history. So say what you want. If you just put it on pause, it's fun to watch. Or mute, it's fun to watch. So do that. (laughs) Fair enough. Rachel, why don't you hit us with another one? Uh, so, or did we talk about all your Yeah, well, we kind of talked about... You brought up how bad Disney was in the 80s. Well, Disney was so bad, they were going to shut down their animation at some point because Black Cauldron flops, the rescuers were was fairly awful, Fox and the Hound didn't do very well. They were just bad movies compared to what we had seen in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. So uh, what came and saved everybody was The Little Mermaid. In 1989, The Little Mermaid saved them from bankruptcy. And because of that movie, we now have the animation that we do. You know, if Roger Clements and John Musker hadn't made this film, I don't think Disney would have continued. We wouldn't have gotten the Disney Princess franchise. We wouldn't have had Disney take over just about everything we love at this point. <laughs> and it was the herald to the, the amazing 90s movies. Mm-hmm. I believe one of you mentioned uh, in your 90s review, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, uh, that wasn't uh, me. Somebody mentioned it, Beauty and the Beast. Probably Rachel, I yeah. feel like. No, it was one of the guys. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. think I did it, but yeah. maybe. Yeah, I don't think it was you. It might have been Ian. I'm not yeah, sure. uh, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah. Not confirmed, Beauty, Beauty but possible. Beast. Lion King. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin, Aladdin and uh, Pocahontas were the big four that just kept, in, yeah. yeah, that just kept breaking records. And then they went back into a slump again with Hercules <laughs> and Hunchback and stuff. So, and and The know. Little Mermaid just barely made it into the 80s, November of 89. And it was the first theatrical release of a Disney movie after Disney's death. Yes. Hmm. On there. Might be what helped. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> put put some fresh eyes on it and uh, get something new. And he, of course, had amazing songs. Yeah. You know. Great soundtrack. No. Under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I've always felt weird about that movie because I didn't see it till much later. I think it's for some reason that my, my parents Were just didn't pick that one up. to the mermaid? Is that the issue? No. Oh, okay. No. I, like, just, like, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Like I love Disney movies. I just don't really care like, for the little When you movie. break it down, Ariel is a terrible person. <laughs> She's really selfish. She, yeah, she gives up her entire family for this dude and but she gets the guy. Her entire species and sign once beforehand. Exactly. Come on. Ursula pretty much tells her to just use boobs. Well, that's and, the, right. Like that's yeah, the big like, thing. She gets the guy by just not talking at yeah, all. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not the best message. But... <laughs> and as you were saying, you're 
a little weirded out by it. Try being like a 20 year old guy going to see it in the theaters by yourself. Okay? <laughs> I still go see like Disney movies when they come out now. You know, I just, for some reason, my parents didn't pick that one up for me when I was a kid. I got all the other ones. And so. You had all the suggestive kind of things that were in the so movie. So suggestive. <laughs> and even the original VHS release. Um, how should I put it? Uh, the, the Golden Spire. It's, it's like yeah. the gold member edition we'll say yeah <laughs> right i forgot about that one yes yeah, that, the yeah. castle was very phallic yeah they and then know. the later editions basically just kind of zoomed in to take sure. the top of the spire off yeah cut the head right off <laughs> <laughs> it got circumcised in the later editions yes it was it was definitely a male spire <laughs> okay eric you're up what do uh, you get uh, well Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Let's do it. That was That's on my, my list. Next. Was, that was the second movie that popped in my head when when you mentioned 80s movies. This movie has everything, including Rooney cleaning up at the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Star Wars music. It's got Wayne Newton music. It's got Beatles music. You've got a an actor who will become a, a captain of the Enterprise in a Star Trek movie. You've got a woman who will become, or an actress, who will become... Harley Quinn yes. in a future in TV Birds of series, Prey. <laughs> and The Lion King. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Yeah, weird movie. Uh, no, I mean, it's iconic, right? I mean, yes. if you haven't seen it, you just never had cable at this point, right? Because it's exactly. just on TBS like every weekend, yeah. so. except <laughs> Christmas when they play A Christmas Story. And right. Every back to your regular schedule. Ferris Bueller. Another eighties movie, by the way. Yes. But uh, yeah, the Fer- Ferris Bueller is is probably the biggest of John Hughes's movies in, in the eighties. He wrote, I think it was nineteen different feature films in the eighties. Jeez, and twelve of them were hits. It's a good good decade. And yeah. then ninety one comes along, and you got Home Alone, which you guys didn't mention in your nineties review. I don't understand. Yeah, that. not one of the best of the nineties. Good. <laughs> that little kid's a murderer. It's one of my favorite right. Christmas movies. <laughs> I want to see him versus Batman and see who wins because I'm pretty sure he can trap the house based on the feats in that movie. He can trap the house enough to take out Batman. Reddit has a theory that he grows up to be the jigsaw killer. <laughs> <laughs> Seems likely. But Ferris Bueller is on my list. I absolutely adore it. Uh, not so fun fact: Matthew Broderick was dating Jennifer Grey, and the two of them crashed into somebody in Ireland, and they killed that person. So. Not so fun fact. Yep. 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 Broke up their relationship. Simba. Oh, murder doesn't pull them closer together. I guess it was probably accidental it was murder. Yeah. 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 Way to throw a wet blanket on I one did. of my cherished childhood yeah. memories. It has nothing Thanks to do a with Ferris Wheeler. Um, I'm so glad I can. Okay. Here's a fun fact. <laughs> that car at the very end was made out of sugar when they crashed it. They're better yeah. have been. Yeah. That yeah. car. They didn't a, actually destroy. A sweet landing. I yes. like that. Yeah. They didn't Thank actually destroy much. that. It, it was a sugar. There you go. Now you're completely neutral on it. You got save, some good and some bad. Save Ferris. That's right. It's an actual band, by the way. They're really good. It's a ska band. You should listen to them. Of course it's a ska band. <laughs> it's like 14 trumpeteers. Wow. All right. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm going to stick with Matthew Broderick then, and uh, I'm going with the movie Glory. It was either Excellent that or movie. War Games. It's not War Games. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> 
<laughs> um, so Glory, for those who don't know, is a movie actually about the Civil War, about the a group of the first volunteer African-Americans to fight in the Civil War for the North. And it had a pretty solid cast. So Ma- Matthew Broderick was in it. Danzel Washington was in it. Morgan Freeman was in it. Carrie Ellis is in it. Um, Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was in it. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Ethan Phillips, for the Star Trek fans out there, he played Neelix, uh, was also in the movie. So it had a really awesome cast of, of actors who all became very successful later for the most part anyway. Some of them winning Academy Awards for other films, especially, you know, of course, Danzel Washington. Um, so really good movie, powerful movie. I actually got to watch that in school in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, and I, it's the only time I've seen it in my yeah. life. So I don't really remember much about it to be fair honest enough, with you. Enough, I didn't even remember Matthew Broderick was in it. So. Yeah. I loved it. Cause we, we got, we watched that in Gettysburg. Right, those were the two big Civil War movies that you watch in elementary school, and I really enjoyed both of them. So I, I ended up having my parents get them at one point or another. So. <laughs> I don't have very much no? to right. say. Like Glory's great; it's it's a good film, fantastic movie. Was it up for the Academy Award I for Best Picture so. that year? Did it? Yeah, I know it was I nominated. It didn't win. I don't yeah, think. it was definitely nominated. I know it didn't win because it wasn't in the list of right winners yeah. that I looked at. But. Uh, well, it did win three Oscars. But not best picture. So, best actor in a supporting role by Danzel, Denzel, yeah. best cinematography, and best sound. Nice. So, yes, it really boomed in the theater when you saw it in the theater, but you guys wouldn't know. No, Sorry. no, it was great. The Alamo, <laughs> the Alamo Draft House should uh, should show that one. I'd go see it. That would, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right, Ryan, your turn. Rachel would not join you for that. Apparently, <laughs> no. Um, Okay, so we hit some of the obscure ones that I wanted to hit. Real Genius isn't that obscure, I guess, but it was on the list. It was one of the obscure ones. Um, so starting to get more into mainstream ones. Let's uh, do it. Gremlins. Yes. That was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 11th hour. So it's. <laughs> I like Die Hard. It is a movie that takes place around Christmas time. But Gremlins, man, that's, that's a. Good Christmas movie. Uh, it's it's I would say more Christmassy than Die Hard, yeah, but it's the gift. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, gift, the Mogwai is given. the gift. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, other than Christmas decorations, it's not really a huge theme of the movie or anything. Uh, but you get great practical effects in yeah, that movie. Yeah, you're a huge fan of puppets and the Absolutely. actual art of puppetry. So, like, how do you feel about all the work that went into that? Uh, I think it was great. I mean, everything was done beautifully. Um, because of I'm a fan of puppets. I know some things about that movie. Yeah. Uh, Gizmo was because he was so small. He was the biggest pain for all the people that had to build him. And so the scene where the other gremlins are throwing darts at him was a scene that the people that made Gizmo made them put in because they wanted to throw darts at one of the robot or <laughs> one of the gizmos. The whole movie is very dark. Yeah. It's a it's a, but it's a the, that's dark in the, that's comedy in the film though. This was right. real. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. He kept breaking and things like that. So they had. Uh, yeah, they had that scene as a thing that they wanted That's to do, funny. and they did Didn't it. Didn't they basically have, like, these small little tunnels under everything so that people could... Pretty much. And I mean, like, it. but even the Henson movies, are, a lot of the Henson yeah. movies are like that, too. Yeah. Uh, one fun fact about that movie, beyond the one I just gave you, Gizmo was actually voiced by Howie Mandel. <laughs> really? That is a real fact. Look it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is weird. Comedian <laughs> Howie Mandel, <laughs> also the host of some game show that I don't remember, uh, Deal or No Deal. I think is yeah. he's he on that, and known no like germaphobe that won't like shake anybody's hands or be near people. Was also on Saint Elsewhere in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Voice gives Bobby's and he had his Bobby's World, which yeah. is pretty much the same voice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Gremlins is, is fantastic. It's one of my favorite horror films. Um, as a kid, I really loved the sequel because it's a little more comedy, but as an adult, I much more prefer the These Gremsters are interrupting the Hulksters show! Yeah, that was a really great sequel. Really great. Look. The new batch. Everybody should check that out for like sure. Like I said, when I was a kid, because yeah. I liked the gremlin in like the suit with the glasses on the talk show. Yeah. You know, like that was funny, you know. And but, the spider gremlin and, right. you know, yeah, all the random. The, yeah. But now as an adult, of course, the original is so <laughs> superior. <laughs> Let's just throw Hulk Hogan in this, guys. That's going to make this something that kids want to see. Yep. And it worked. I mean, that's what we still do that with wrestlers. We throw The that's Rock true. or Bautista in a movie. And <laughs> I don't think, yeah. Those are legitimate films, though. Right. Now. Like, they aren't just playing themselves. The Hulk is always. He true. was playing himself, yeah, yeah breaking, the, breaking he, the old wall of the movie there. And even in his own movies, he just still played himself. And he ripped his shirt off. Not What's the one where he's like an alien that comes to. That's the one I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play himself in that. Well, what was the name I mean, of that? I can't remember. Oh, my was that gosh. The one where was it a babysitter, too? No, it's different. Okay. No, this is the one where he like has the, the PKE meter from Ghostbusters as one of his right. prop, props that he pulls out. This is from the spaceship. I can't remember what it is. I love so that weird. movie, though. So anyway, weird. Sorry. Um, Not an 80s movie. <laughs> 90s, I think. Yes. Uh, so chat's got a, a, a couple suggestions here. Uh, Project X and The Outsiders. Okay. I never cared for The Outsiders. I'm just going to say it. I was forced to read the book at Me one too. point. And, you know... Stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> What's the other thing that they say all the time? They have some other saying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the movie, I've read the book, I've seen the play. It's not a story for me. Here's yeah. the thing. There are, like, 15 main characters in that. They're all dudes. <laughs> I didn't... It didn't catch on with me. No. Like, not one chick in that little group. Like, not even one they have a crush on or something that they all objectify. Just... Nope. Like it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a great literary work. And, yes, the book and is so the, much better. And the, the movie is, has got a lot of the teen stars of the time in there, which, like, almost every movie that throws a bunch of stars in there, it doesn't quite work because they've got to get everybody their screen time. Mm -hmm. That's always it's tough. It's not a horrible movie. It's not a Suburban movie. Commando. Suburban Commando. <laughs> Nineteen ninety one. Look, if it tells you anything, I'd rather watch know. Suburban Commando than <laughs> yeah. the outside. I would too. <laughs> and it actually is a PK meter that he uses. So they just reused it now, from the problem. Now Project X was was an excellent movie. Uh Matthew Broderick again. Eighties was definitely his, yeah. his decade on there. Um you guys remember that movie at all? I, I'm no. not sure I've seen it. I don't remember. Basically, the military is using chimpanzees. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, yeah. I did see that. Jeez, long, they're training them how to fly planes and simulators, and then they irradiate them to get an idea how long their pilots will be able to survive after a nuclear war to attack the enemy afterwards. And so they're just murdering all these chimpanzees, and oh, Matthew Broderick right. is one of the handlers one of the chimpanzees and he does what he can to break them out good for him yeah, that rings a bell now maybe Support I haven't Broderick. seen it quite the tearjerker kind of I've seen it but man I must have been young when I see it because like the concept I remember but I don't remember it well no no not think, at all I think it was before Ferris Bueller but I'm not sure hmm. it's right about the same same year the, yeah. the mid 80s so interesting yeah Totally. Yeah. Totally who's, up, who's up next? Is it me? 
feel like it's me. He just did something. Is it you? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Let's talk the Goonies. Because I love Goonies. Oh my gosh. Derek has never seen the Goonies. (laughs) Wow. That's That's not entirely accurate. That is not okay. I've seen... Don't lie to it, Rachel. I've (laughs) seen part... Right now, I've got the DVD in my car. I've seen parts of it. I've seen parts of it. I missed it when I was young, and as an adult, I just don't really see the draw. That's all. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's these... Kids who learn that their houses are being foreclosed on, their parents have absolutely no way to stop it. They're they're going to be evicted and thrown out. And so these kids take it upon themselves to chase down an urban legend of One-Eyed Willie, who is an actual pirate. And they believe that he was hoarding treasure somewhere near their homes. So now they live next to an ocean. They're on kind of this cove, so they can easily get to these... And uh, it's uh, four small boys and uh, three teenagers, and they get caught up with this uh, gangster family who just broke out of prison. And Hello. yeah, two two of them <laughs> broke out of prison, and it, it just ends up being like this really fun kind of Odyssey like story. And Uh, It was very charming. Everything about the heroes is great. They reflect all kinds of kids' personalities. Every single one of them had very cute and daring flaws, so nobody was portrayed as, like, this perfect hero. And, you know, even uh, the villains had their comedic moments, and it all works out in the end. There is... Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually surprised that this didn't have a sequel of any kind. Yeah. Sean Astin still pulls for it all the time. I know. I know he does. That poor man. They have rumored it for decades. Yeah. And technically, there was one thing that was kind of a sequel. The Nintendo game. Yeah. (laughs) 2. That's funny. Yes, which was horrible. I'm sure. Just like most sequels. I think. 80s seem to be. I think. Not every Goonies. But, I think uh, set up kind of a lot of the things that we're enjoying now in like yeah. the eighties Renaissance. Um, the like friendship between the young kids uh, really was done in a way that I don't know if it had been done that well before, and kind of set up. I think I don't think Stranger Things would have been the same way. The new It movie was very reminiscent of the Goonies, the it way was. everything was all kind of set up there. Um, and there's, I'm sure, there's other movies. The nineties was really, really good at portraying kids as kids, and I think that's because. Uh, I, I'm going to blame a lot of it on Nickelodeon because they had so many TV shows. They had reality game shows. They had uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? They had so many TV shows where kids were the focus and they were acting and could work around. But I honestly believe that most of that was due to the Goonies. Hmm. Um, Stand By Me which is also on my list, and we can just go into it now or skip it. But it featured another set of really good uh, child actors that worked really well together, but it was more of a serious film, whereas Goonies is straight-up comedy, and um, it it just had a really great cast that worked well together, and you're totally right. The, The 2000s and the 2010s have sucked with child movies. There's just not a lot out there for kids, but... It all started with the 80s, and that's why the 90s was so good, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah. Goonies. We should watch it. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Now, we are getting a little bit close on time here. No, we're going over, so let's just talk about our movies. You're up. 
Well, I mean, he's already had his turn. Oh, you're right. It's yeah. your, I'm so sorry. I don't know yeah. whose turn it is. Yeah, I'm glad somebody's keeping track. <laughs> it's so sorry. Yeah. I'm kind of, I've, I've been torn all day on what, whether I want, which ones I want to go. If we're getting close on time. We're not. It's fine. Oh. Most podcasts run for 90 minutes. Yeah. Says the person who doesn't have to edit afterwards <laughs> yeah. tonight when it's late. You're going to have to do so much editing. All right. We'll go with... Dude. The wow, that's the first time my phone has ever gone off in an episode. I apologize. We're going to go with The Princess Bride. Yes. 1987. Never seen it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Reiner classic. Rob Reiner classic with... Jerry Ellis, Andre the Giant. All kinds yeah. of um, quotable moments in there. Yes. Everybody knows, you know, Indigo Mantoya's little speech before. Of course. In there. Inconceivable. As something that that, that actor, uh, well, will never live that down. He, Physics he says he, name. he doesn't. He Fezzik? can't go into the character. Is that what it is? Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, Fezzik the giant. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. it's Andre the giant. You know, the actor can't go into public without somebody saying it to him. Some I'm sure I believe it. On there, yeah. um, got a lot of that, that. That is one of the the movies that now you have a lot of stars. In it, but they weren't a lot of stars in there, with the exception of Billy, Billy Crystal. Yeah, uh, in yeah. There, he who got just had a... uh, he gets top billing on a lot of websites for it. Yeah, you know? and he... he has a five minute part. So. Exactly, and and you know another kind of iconic line that you know, "Good luck storming the castle." As and... you wish. <laughs> and... Nice MLT and the muttons, nice MLT. <laughs> His entire thing yeah. is. That'll take a miracle. It wasn't really crystal quote. Mine wasn't, but yeah. yeah. Was, there's a lot of quotables in that movie. It's, yes. it's, yeah. that, that movie would be, if I had to pick a, the best movie of the 80s, it would definitely be in the running for me. It's, it's absolutely great. just perfect, pretty much in every way for me. It's fairly um, timeless in my opinion. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have visual effects that really like age. I, I mean, there's some, I guess, but it's there's a couple of moments, but overall, but the general, it it's not, it doesn't bog down the movie. No. It, it doesn't no. hurt it in any way. Fun fact about the Princess Bride, so it was on my list, so and I have fun facts for everything on my list. <laughs> the six fingered man actually knocked out Carrie Elwes with the butt of the sword yep. because <laughs> they couldn't get a good take of him faking it. So Carrie Elwes. Told him just to go for it, man, and he actually knocked him out, and that's the take they used in the movie. Well, at least they used the take. Yeah. Well, if you get that, I mean, of course you're going to use that one. Come on. I'm just saying. You know. Wow, that's hilarious. I did not know that. Yeah. That was interesting. I thought you were going to tell me he actually has six fingers. No. No. That would have been much more boring. <laughs> I mean, to that's you, fun. I think it would have been cool. And then, of course, you have the R O R O U S S yes. in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. have your monsters in, in a fairy tale. So. Rodents of unusual size. <laughs> I don't think pink so. <laughs> Nobody does, really. And then you had this story with uh, Mandy Patinkin, I think is his name, the mm-hmm. actor yes. that played Inigo Montoya, uh, mm-hmm. with his father, um, passed away, and... I think it was during the filming or like yeah. slightly before the filming. And so he actually was using that, using the movie and filming the movie as a way of coping with his father's death. And so you can see the scenes where he's talking about his father. Um, it was, it felt very real because it was very real for mm-hmm. him. So yeah. Um, fantastic performance. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was actually um, like based on a book from a long, yeah. long time ago yeah. that uh, pieces of it are lost and William Goldman put it all back together. But Unfortunately, 
most of the copies have William Goldman's journey of piecing it back together, including after the movie came out and Rob Reiner is telling him, like, your book sucked. <laughs> wow. <That's harsh. laughs> yeah, that Rob Reiner was like, I made this ten times better. <laughs> All right. Uh, so chat uh, is suggesting the right stuff, which actually was a movie I considered putting on my list. It's about the Mercury 7 astronauts. You mean it's not about new kids on the block? Oh, oh, oh. I thought no. that was a weird outside. That's what the song is about. <laughs> That's the white stuff. Oh, yeah. For Oreos. Oh, yeah. Good, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> You're not semen. <laughs> not. <laughs> okay, talk about the right stuff. Go I'm ahead, sorry. Derek. No, that's take, fine. Take your third turn that's really all I was going to say about it, because it's not on my list, but I considered it for my list. All right, Excellent, I, but very long movie. It is. Two VHS tapes. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and when you give that to like an eight-year-old, you're like, here, watch this. It's a task. <laughs> I watched it. It's a good movie. It is a little long, though. <laughs> got, got me an A in eighth grade science. Ooh. Just for writing a small report about it. Nice. nice. Yeah. It's awesome. Perfect. So is it my turn now? Yes. It seems yes, unclear. It okay. Um, seems so like you've gotten a lot of turns. I don't know how many turns honest. I've had. This is really... Uh, he actually wrote down every movie from the Yeah, 80s. exactly. He's <laughs> going did, alphabetically. I did not. They're chronological. Oh, okay. All right, but I've been jumping around. Talk about one of the horror films. All right, fine. So this one's them. a little tough for me. I'm not sure well, which one. I just one. talked about Gremlins. I mean, that's that's true. He film. did. He did talk about... I'm, I'm just going to pick one. I'm going to go with uh, The Shining. 1980. I know it's nothing like the book, and that's fine. It doesn't have to be. But yeah. it is probably my favorite horror movie, if I had to pick one. Uh, Jack Nicholson, of course, and creepy stuff happens at the house in the snow. Um, the the whole, like, wall of blood water coming down the hallway, I always thought was a bit much. But other than that, I really always enjoyed that movie. Like Stephen King, I didn't much care for it. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the, the TV mini series one that they did? Because I heard... Yeah. Did you like that he, one? I, I heard he liked that one. Didn't yeah. Like it either. Okay. I was just curious because I, I feel like you, most people are in one camp or the other. So yeah. I guess you're somewhere in the middle. I just don't like the story, I guess. Okay. There you just go. Didn't, didn't work for me, so... I'm not a great, big horror it's, fan. It's a great classic horror movie uh, if you're a fan of, of those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and Jack Nicholson, one of his iconic roles... Fun fact. Hit me with it. I I'm like sure, it. I mean, actually, I'm sure most people I have know this. One about this too. I'm sure most people know this. But the here's Johnny scene with the axe in the door, that was an improv line. Oh, my fun fact's better. Let's hear it. Fun fact, the child had no idea he was in a horror film. The, uh, they hid him from it? Stanley Kubrick hid <laughs> or he him from him the entire dumb. time. And his parents didn't show him the movie until he was in his teens. So he had no clue that it was a scary film. And even though she was undergoing some of the worst torture of her life, <laughs> Jack Nicholson and, oh God, I'm forgetting her name. Olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely her name. Yes. <laughs> well. That's the only other role I really know her I from. Know, so. uh, Shelly Duvall. Thank you. Oh, there you go. Nice. Took thank me a moment. But... Shelly Duvall. I was stalling for you. <laughs> who cubricated. But Shelly Duvall, like, they, they treated the child with nothing but niceness and, you know, he... He had no clue. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you know, don't freak out the kid. You need him. You can't just replace him in the middle of the movie. That's true. But yeah, not so fun fact. Stanley Kubrick tortured Shelley Duvall and she never wanted to work with him again. It was 
a horrible experience for her. That is another thing too. I, I probably why I don't like The Shining. The that one. Don't like Kubrick stuff. I only yeah. like that in two thousand one. They didn't like two thousand one. So. Like two thousand ten. I like 2010 is very underrated. I like 2010. I bought it by accident on Blu-ray, thinking it was 2001. I just grabbed it on the off the shelf, off the shelf. But uh, yeah, not as bad as people think. So Ryan, your turn. Okay, how many movies are we doing? We haven't been through our five apiece. So we have. Okay, I'm keeping track. I've made a list of way more than five. We've. <laughs> uh, so my next one is Revenge of the Nerds. Um, if you haven't seen wah, it. Wah. I what? vehemently hate that though. I do okay. not like that movie. <laughs> you guys don't have to like it. I liked it. It was, I it was a the funny movie. I did not see it in the theaters. I saw it on TBS or something as a young person. Yes. Um, could have done without the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Could have done without the sequels. But it, it was one of the films that made me go, okay, maybe being a nerd isn't terrible. Because the one chick, dude in the Darth Vader mask hooked up with the hot chick. Alright, so that is straight up rape. Just gonna say that going into something, telling a girl that you're her boyfriend and then you're not—that is rape. Okay, as a child, I didn't really know what rape was, and he, he also had real genius on his list. There's pedophilia in that one. Okay, interesting. Okay, the '80s were a different time. All right, but yeah, but there wasn't another a 16 year old boy that didn't go. In any case, <laughs> fun fact about Revenge of the Nerds. There's one. Booger's Monster Belch was not actually a human belch. It was partially a human belch, but they mixed it with the sound of a camel having an orgasm. <laughs> I'm glad they just had that stock somewhere. Hmm. Apparently fun, they... I'm glad fun. there was somebody outside of a zoo just like... For recording it. He's like, this is going to be gold someday. <laughs> Fun fact, the Futurama parody of that movie is one of my least favorite Futurama episodes. I just don't like that storyline at all. All right. Good just talk. Want, just want you to know that. Yeah, I don't think it held up well. I, I honestly haven't seen it since yeah. probably 95, so <laughs> yeah, I'm just going based off the memory. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember watching it again and thinking, I love this Well, the movie. doctor from ER is I in really it. and like, I know I did. There's a bunch of people in it. Yeah, they like Uh, grew up to be. Talk about Top Gun, like that's true. It was Anthony Edwards' movie. Yeah, I mean, there was actors in that movie that went on to do, uh, you know, other movies, other things (laughs) that we might know them from. Uh, I think, if I remember right, that movie was actually uh, they had made enough money from Return of the Jedi, the studio had, to where that movie was basically made just as a tax write-off. And so they didn't really care about it, and then it got released and actually made decent money, and uh, they were very surprised by that. But <laughs> are right. we all sure? Yeah, whatever works. All right, I've done three movies. How many have you done? done? I've done three. Okay, I don't know how many I've done. Some of mine were shared, though. Maybe we no, should we just went. do like a lightning round. <laughs> okay, so my last, I had four more on my list because I pretty much knew everybody else was going to. Uh, have some crossover. So, uh, Rob Reiner also did uh, one of my favorite films, Stand By Me. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. and Jerry O'Connell. Um, coming of age story. It's one of Stephen King's few things that aren't specifically horror. Um, has a horrible, gross-out vomit scene. But, you know, it, <laughs> it's when I fell in love with Will Wheaton when I saw this movie, I was like, damn, that kid's a really good actor, and I just want to be his friend, and 
maybe kiss him a little and you know that hasn't and see where changed. it takes me <laughs> that hasn't changed at all <laughs> nothing's changed well we still amazing uh next up is dead poet society that movie always gets me so many tears it's set in the 1950s robin williams is this uh great english professor at an all boys uh private school um, who encourages each and every one of these guys to go after their dreams. And Robert Sean Leonard, who went on to be uh, on House, he plays the main guy who goes after his dream of being an actor, and it ends very poorly for him. It's just a big tear trigger. Uh, then uh, Tim Burton's first feature film, Beetlejuice. Also down on my list. I adore this movie. It's... It's another timeless film for me. Every time I watch it, I feel like it was made yesterday kind of thing. Aside from the actors' ages, everything just looks so great. Practical effects are fun. It won an Academy Award for, for uh, uh, V. Neal, I think. Yeah, for, that for makeup. V. Neal is a fantastic makeup artist, and Tim Burton uses her quite often. She was, you know, on The Hunger Games, and she does amazing stuff. Fun fact about that movie, Beetlejuice was only in 17.5 minutes in the movie. Yes. And the movie was called Beetlejuice. Yep. Anyway. Sometimes the most iconic characters are only in, like, a small thing. The Wicked Witch of Oz wasn't in the whole movie. I don't know if you know. (laughs) The Wicked Witch of the West is only in 12 minutes of it. Uh, Briar Rose in Sleeping Beauty. Princess Aurora, the main character, is uh, only in 16 minutes of the film. So, you know, it happens. But Beetlejuice has profoundly affected me, and it's I think it's my favorite Tim Burton film. I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to watch all the good ones from there the beginning. Go. Stop, it. Stop it. Stop like... at 1999 or whatever. <laughs> though, like, whenever they started going downhill. I, I does... will not watch Planet of the Apes again. There you go. I will not make that mistake again. <laughs> does Does Nightmare Before Christmas count as a Tim Burton film? Because he, no. so, he produced it. I, well, I feel but he like had it a does because of... he wrote it and he helped design it. He right. was on set the entire time. Like, every single day. And it clearly looks like his stuff. That's yeah. kind of like, like... The black and white striped stuff. So that would be my favorite Tim Burton movie. Henry so Selleck stuff, who he directed. He also did James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. They are also stop motion, but they look more like Henry Selleck and less mm-hmm. like Tim Burton, in my opinion. And then lastly, because it affected me, like I said, dance movies. Dirty Dancing was huge for me. And uh, even if you don't like it to deny its pop culture influence, it's just being ignorant. It's incredibly influential. As just a yeah, nice... nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody. I've seen that movie a dozen times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> well, it was on. It, it was kind of like Ferris Bueller, where it was on a lot yes, when was. I was growing up, um, and we watched a lot of TV growing up. Like Ferris Bueller, you got Jennifer Grey's old nose. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. 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 I never listened to the He-Man version of that. <laughs> Just kidding, I have seen that. But the He-Man version was better, in my opinion. You're not wrong. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris does a fun uh, parody kind of scene of Dirty Dancing and How I Met Your Mother as Barney Stinson. It's really well done. They did a really good job putting him in into the scene, so... It's a good one. Okay. Uh, lightning round, some of your favorites. R- rest of the, my, li- my shortened list was E.T., the extraterrestrial. I, that was it's a, one I wanted to put on mine as well. On there. It, it, I don't think it holds up as well as it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nowadays, cell phones and things along that lines, it, things seem as well connected as everyone is. And the fact that 
parents don't let their kids out of their houses anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about them swapping out the guns for walkie-talkies? They put that back in the Blu-ray release. Did they? Spielberg calls it one of his biggest regrets was making the change in the DVD re-release. Well, because now cops point their guns at kids all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to make it more kid-friendly, and he regretted it. So when the Blu-rays Blue came out, he reverted it back to the way that it was. And then, next, first blood. First Rambo movie. Oh! An actual Rambo movie with a story, not just about blowing stuff up. Yes. Although there was a lot of that. There was plenty, <laughs> but, it, but it's mainly in the, the final sure. scenes of the, the movie. Um, you I get... like the sequel, Hot Shots. <laughs> no, that's Hot, Hot Shots Part 2. Hot Shots Part 2 is the, is the parody of Rambo. Hot Shots is a parody of Top Gun. Oh, yeah. And that's Platoon. Point. That's true. I actually forgot about that. That's, that's really, yeah, that's funny. I know. Those are really shots. good movies, actually. I really like the Hot Shots right? movies. Before yeah. Charlie Sheen went crazy. Oh, in a while. I've seen it, but not in a while. I've got it upstairs. I'm just saying. We're not watching it tonight. There is an excellent... The extra excellent progression of how Rambo uh, kind of becomes the badass that he becomes in the later movies. Uh, in that, but he's a broken, lost man in the beginning. Uh, he he's very defeated. He doesn't want to to give in to the the police officer, but he's also very complacent when he when he arrests him. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until the point where they start abusing him in the jail, and he breaks breaks out. No, because he doesn't really want to be violent when the movie right. is getting going. It's it's once the Vietnam flashbacks start kicking in, things like that, that, that he's got to get out of there. Got to mm-hmm. get out of the situation. Um, it's not until the end of the movie, when he finally sees the old colonel, that he finally kind of has that anchor, and he starts to cry over the whole situation in there. He's a lot more vulnerable than you ever seen in the other movies and, and that. That's true. And uh, it's a lot better picture than a lot of people give it credit for because of the sequels where you just have the ro- roid rage Rambo out blowing stuff up. People never really give Stallone the credit that he should have been due back then, mm-hmm. you know, between the first Rocky and First Blood. I mean, he he was a good actor and, and writer. And right and writer, absolutely. And you know, now we just remember him as, you know, Rocky 4, you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, First Blood's a good one. I, I didn't, that one totally dropped off my radar. That's a good pick. And the last one, we're going to go with your more obscure, Romancing the Stone. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love it so much. Wow. I love I'm, the I'm, I'm glad that, it's that you'd actually say, you love the sequel. I, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, he was with you right after you said that. I like the combination of Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Yes. They go really well they, together. They did. There was an excellent pairing mm-hmm. in there. You had the comedy, you had the action, a little bit of Indiana Jones, a little yeah. bit of, of uh, it, it led to a lot to like the Three Amigos kind of yeah. uh, spun off of that as well. And uh, it was an excellent romantic comedy, action adventure. We need everything. more of those. They're hard to write. That's true. Good chemistry is hard to create in those kind yes. of situations, too. Yeah. But Jewel and Nile sucked, okay? <laughs> Look, it, it was, was not awful. a good movie. It was not a good movie. Yeah. But it wasn't a good idea, is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Fair all right. <laughs> any, right. Oh. Okay. Lightning round. 
Okay, uh, going back to John Hughes Breakfast Club. Yes, I was on my list. Breakfast Club's on my list. Fun fact about that: Ali Sheedy doesn't speak for the first thirty-three minutes of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, That's the best part of the film, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry. RoboCop. I love John Hughes movies, but not RoboCop. RoboCop. How um, did I miss RoboCop? RoboCop was actually pitched to Stanley as a comic book, and he went and saw Terminator in an early screening and said, you'll never be better than Terminator, and so he turned it down. That's my fun fact for RoboCop. Now, to be fair, there's one good RoboCop movie. That's yeah. true. And there's like seven RoboCop movies. Yeah, so, but really, there's, the only, TV series. Oh, there's right. only two good Terminators, so. I, I, and there are six. Five and a TV show? The TV show was actually pretty All good. Right. I'll it take was, your word for it because I didn't... I know there was three, maybe fourth RoboCop movie. So there yeah. were uh, several straight-to-video. There yeah. were several straight-to-video ones. There, they, there was a subtitle for it. It was like RoboCop something, and then mm-hmm. they all had a, you know their sequel name. I can't remember what it was. They were pretty bad. And it seemed like some of those straight-to-video were movies from the series, even. Where they, the I never series saw the exactly series, so. The what well, yeah, the series went exactly the movies mm. RoboCop you know like I'm not sure yeah that was too I, long ago I don't watch them that much the the series that the first movie was was brilliant yeah great well gross but <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> ramped up the gore on that one yes true uh Karate Kid yeah awesome. great movie um that's it, an eighties movie fun yes, fact there's oh, actually well, a, the three of them. There's actually a thank you to DC Comics at the very end credits because they were they there's a very very famous DC character named the Karate Kid and they use the superheroes. Yeah. Not really that famous to be honest. He's with you, super but. he's a founding member yeah. of <laughs> But a great movie The uh, Justice Babies. Um, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi is a classic character. Danielson, yes. the crane mm-hmm. kick. Uh, you know, very kind of cheesy now looking back on it, but it still holds up and I think it's still a fun movie. And the sequels, or at least one of the sequels, was not terrible. I, I mean, not as bad as everybody right. says. I really loved the Hillary Swank movie, the first one. It's not a good movie, but... It's better I than the Jaden Smith one. I was yes. a little girl watching this chick kick ass in a prom dress at the very end oh, with God. her, like, I forgot about that. I'm having flashbacks. So I've only ever seen the first one. You're okay. It's okay. So, That's okay. Yeah, and I like the first reading. one. Yeah, for don't reason, don't ruin it for yourself. All my, the sequels aren't that bad. In my head, it's a '90s film. Like just no, that's definitely that's an 80s so film. old. Oh my god, Lord <laughs> Swings, I think is '90s. Yeah, yes. that one's '90s. Late late '90s, I think, like '96 mm. or '97, wasn't it? No, it was Maybe long mid. before Million Dollar Baby. Oh yeah. Um, I had Batman on there. I don't know yeah. if that was on the list. Uh, fun fact about Batman: his ears were originally too tall for the Batmobile, and they had to sculpt a new cowl to get him shorter ears. Which is funny because he has the longest ears of any Batman movie in that movie. Um, <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I I had the last one I had was Ghostbusters Two. Um, I think taken on its own, it's really a decent '80s movie. I think that when you compare it to the first one, is when it starts to have major issues. Um, I mean, that's fair. My my fun fact about that one is because of the success of the real Ghostbusters cartoon, they had to really tune down, tone down the adult innuendo and behaviors of the Ghostbusters. Also, it's why you notice that the Ghostbusters quit smoking in between the two movies. And um, Slimer was living in the firehouse in the second movie, and then Janine was completely a different character. It's all because of the cartoon that came well, out. But also PG-13 became a thing. Yeah, right? that's true. And so they had to be careful not to get the 13 rating, too, which I yeah. think smoking would have gotten them. Yeah, probably. So... 
But that was the reason for all of the yeah. changes. But yes, you fight me on it, but I think that's a, that's a decent 80s movie <laughs> yeah. taken on its own if you yes. don't compare it to the first movie. I have the same opinion about Wayne's World 2. Not great when you compare it to the first one, but it holds up as a really good 90s film. So I'm not saying Ghostbusters 2 was horrible, but it's just meh. Watch it. I think it's better than meh. If you're, if you're not comparing it to the first one, really, I am yeah. a Ghostbusters fan, admittedly. I but I, I think even taken out, as a kid, I remember the second one way more than I remember this, the first one. And maybe that's why it's better to me. But uh, I like a lot of the second one. I, the, sl- the, the, the slime was the thing that I didn't really care for. like mm-hmm. the, the mood slime? Yeah. Which like, is the major Yeah, that's the major plot the of like the movie. That, but, that, like, that Vigo... Was frightening. Yeah, Vigo yeah, was great. Vigo's was great. Scary. Yeah. But I like that though. Like that was the thing. Like the main villain. Like I liked him. Mm-hmm. I liked the chemistry. And what he possessed, Ray? I mean, come on, that was so creepy. Like I, I like a lot of that. It was just the slime. I thought was just kind of. So you didn't like the slime silly. blower? No. Oh, that was a cool piece of, of Ghostbusters I tech. I love the scene yeah, you see where all they're the dancing. Running around and I, well, it's because they don't want to wear an eighty-pound thing on their back. <laughs> I do feel like that's where Nickelodeon got all of their ideas. Probably. For slime <laughs> <laughs> Well, between the first one and the second one, yeah, it's probably a good influence there. Just saying. All right, Derek, your last one for lightning round. All right, so I'll go quickly because I have a pretty long list. Uh, Mine are in chronological order. Airplane, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. One of the very first parody films. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Leslie Nielsen, who before Airplane was a serious actor, (laughs) for those who didn't know. Uh, His second career. Poltergeist, which uh, is definitely one of my top horror movies of all time. Great practical effects in the original Poltergeist. Don't go see the sequels. <laughs> Especially the third one. Uh, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, I think it still actually holds up really well, though it is slow and kind of boring. I get that. Don't get me wrong. One for me. But uh, I do love the practical effects, the buildings, this kind of futuristic... For sure, the world building just, was, yeah. was incredible in that movie, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same yeah. camp as you where it was really long and just not that interesting. I do think the yeah. book is wonderful, though. Do Android, yeah. It's just really short. If you've never read it, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, um, but it's really good. The Thing, the original, The oh, Thing. Oh, I had that on my list, too. I forgot to mention it. Uh, which is just phenomenal. I love that movie. Uh, the The... The, one, the, the newer movie of the same name is a prequel, by the way, not a remake. So make sure you, you watch the original one first, otherwise the prequel kind of spoils everything for you. Fun fact about that movie. Uh, Kurt Russell actually threw a stick of dynamite in the scene towards the end of the film, and he didn't realize how big of an explosion it was going to be, and he actually got blown off his feet by the dynamite explosion. Oh, that is that's cool. just they, something they wouldn't do today, obviously. <laughs> that's awesome. I Wait, did not know that. You know, Kurt Russell and that's the stepped, cut they used also. He just stepped on set and he was like, I was a Disney kid, I'm going to throw dynamite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and then I also had Platoon, which, awesome. you know, big war movie, of course, right? Academy War winner. And Rain Man, which was another, you know, Academy big, uh, successful film. And then, of course, I can't go away without mentioning that there were some Star Trek movies, specifically The Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. So. Which brought the franchise back to life. From the dead. But, yeah, after <laughs> the motion picture. Or from the nap that everybody was taking from. <laughs> and, and because of its success, we got the next generation and beyond. Yeah. So those are those are my. There's tons of other stuff that we could have probably discussed oh. and put on our list. It, there are some things that we personally omitted because we have a cult episode coming up. So things like Clue were left off and Big Trouble in Little China, not because we don't love them, but because we are talking about them next week. So you know, and there are a tremendous number of 
iconic 80s movies. That you, are cool. You touched the, the Karate Kid, you have the Lethal Weapon series, the Beverly yeah. Hills Cop series. Mm-hmm. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I mean, we didn't talk about Rocky. I, I left that out because the franchise really started in the 70s. 70s. You know, yeah. we left out the the big stuff like Aliens, Aliens. Terminator. But I think the original Alien was, 80, it was 79. So. Yeah. yeah, also true. But, I mean, the franchise But it's changed. not like an 80s movie. See, that's one of those things. It's tough, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to kind of know where to draw the line. And we talked, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course. You know, the Indiana Jones films, you know, were in the 80s. Well, the good ones. Um, <laughs> um, so you know, but we talk about a lot of those things on, on other shows and other topics. Um, so again, profoundly influential on all of us, and without yes. those films, we wouldn't be doing this. Absolutely, show from our basement. That's right. That's right. But I think that's probably going to be it for us tonight. Let long. Great episode. Yeah, uh, Eric. If people want to reach out and find you or the Red Dalek, how can they do that? I'm you can't. on Facebook. <laughs> it's just Eric Collins. <laughs> but Red Dalek is also on Facebook. Red Dalek and we're in Prairie Village, so you can find it through that. Because cool. there's a lot of Red Daleks now. There you go. Are you guys going to be at Planet Comic Con? We will be at Planet on there. Not sure Red's going to bother okay. with it, but uh, maybe. All right. On there, it's, it's been a big hassle the last couple of years. I, with, I believe uh, it. With security, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's a shame. <laughs> okay. I mean, lugging it around, I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, you know, we, we need basically wheelchair access. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, they were cutting off a lot of the um, elevators, for mm. example. Uh, last year and the year before and it, especially by Sunday the, the security guards get very snippy mm. in that so but otherwise Fair it's a great show yeah. we'll be there so we will be there of course uh, Ryan with Buster Props will have a booth selling props and things and cowls yep. and 3D printed and all that good stuff. Yeah, all kinds of new stuff. Definitely, John. Uh, John has been working very hard. I've been mostly working hard on filling current orders, but he's been working <laughs> on new stuff. So definitely come check it out. And Ray will be a Siren Ray cosplay. You will have a, a booth there as well. I think so. <laughs> Still Show up and find out. We'll see. Um, and I will be around. We have three panels at Planet Comic Con uh, the, the weekend of February 15th. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. One each day. Yes, one each day. Friday night will be Screen Heroes. We're ranking the live-action Star Wars films. On Saturday will be Red Shirts and Runabouts. We'll be wrapping up Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery. And on Sunday will be Costume Couture with the LGBT Plus and Cosplay panel. So that will be that. Uh, at Buster Props, at Siren Ray, I'm the Star Trek dude. You can find us at Heroes Podcasts and HeroesPodcast.com. Don't forget to join us live on Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash Heroes Podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central to chat with us. Several people chatted with us tonight, so thank you, all of you, for doing that. We'll catch you guys next week. Woo! Bye, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.